With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. Welcome back to another episode of Open Floor, filling in for your host, Michael the Podbina. I'm Rohan Nakani, joined today, making his grand return, the New York Times best-selling author, senior writer at Sports Illustrated, Chris Herring. Chris, how's it going, brother? What's good, Broham? <laughs> Very excited to have you back on the show. We get emails every single day. When is Chris coming back? Where's Chris? Is Chris okay? I miss Chris. Um, photos of people with their Why Chris are you Herring. telling lies? Photos of people with their Chris Herring cardboard cutouts. Um, people like, I made a Chris Herring pillow to listen to the Open Floor podcast with. Um Chris, uh, how's it going, man? How's your summer been? It's been really nice uh, just to get away a little bit. And, uh, you know, to me, remember that there's, you know, the basketball, at least NBA basketball is still a little ways away. It it, it makes me feel better about coming back to it. Kind of the absence makes the heart grow fonder thing. Um, I see not everybody is indulged in that uh, (laughs) because I see basically those Temecula sorts of situations brewing now and then on Twitter. Uh, so I would encourage everybody else to either kindly tune into the WNBA finals or to, you know, to let the NBA go for just a little bit because you'll miss it more and it'll make you feel better. And uh, yeah, but anyway, I'm good. Summer has been good. How have you been? I'm good, man. So hold on. You're saying Giannis is not skilled. That was the subtext of your... Bro. <laughs> what on earth? Like, <laughs> like, it's okay. We don't have to... I really do feel like for a lot of people, the offseason, when they really miss the NBA, it becomes like, a, a what can I gripe about or what can I put right, into the echo right. chamber that will frustrate someone? Like, you're going to debate me. Debate yeah, me. Absolutely. And it's debate just every energy. summer. Every summer it's that. And, and quite frankly, like, I think even with the top 100 stuff, people get angry about that. I feel like people have more capacity to get angry about stuff when there's no basketball because they don't have enough occupying their time. So, uh, like, as much as I joke about it, I actually think it would be a great time. Like, the WNBA has been crazy. Mm-hmm. It's been really fun to watch. It was really heartbreaking to watch for me yesterday. With the sun? The they lost with the sun. It's the sky. The sun made it. The sky lost. Mm-hmm. I all, The sun the, and the sky, you can't do this to me, okay? <laughs> yeah, it's a little confusing. Uh, but, no, I mean, the, the, the sky, you know, Candace Parker, Chicago, so, you know, my hometown team, uh, which I went to, like, every one of their playoff games last year. I've been CP3. On vacation I love Candace Parker. She's wonderful, but they they had a nine-point lead with three and a half minutes left, and then Connecticut went on an 18-0 run on the road in Chicago to finish the game. So 
it was pretty, pretty, pretty frustrating to watch that. But the Aces look incredible. Um, and I'm not really convinced anybody would have beaten them even in Chicago as much as I was rooting for them. So, I, I don't know. There's plenty to watch. Like, the, the Aces basically swept every regular season award there was, MVP, um, you know, coach of the year, defense player of the year. So, they're, they're pretty stacked. But, I mean, watch that. Like, we don't have to debate for the nine millionth time whether Giannis has a bag or not. <laughs> like. Has a bag I, I, ruined ruined the NBA? <laughs> Just that phrase. This Did, man is yeah. a strong bag. He is a he is double bagged. Like <laughs> we don't need to. He's not falling apart. Even when it looks like he's falling apart and he's injured, the guy comes back for the finals and puts fifty pieces on people. Like, mm. let's stop. Like yeah. it's, it's he almost beat the team that made it out of the East with Drew Holiday shooting like ass. And Chris Middleton not even there. Like, stop. Like, it's just so stupid. And it's like we have so many. Like, take up world issues. Take up <laughs> civics. Like, stop. WNBA is right there. Stop. Anyway, go ahead. Um, you're right. Also, shout out to Candace Parker, who's had, like, an entire second career since, yeah. like, Team USA was like, you're not good enough to be on the Olympic team. Um Please don't retire, Candace. Yeah. Like I'm, that, that's my only concern after a loss like yesterday, and just you know she's going to get asked that question every year for the rest of yeah. her career now. But she's got so much. Every game she's having basically a triple double, a damn near five by five. I know. I see so every I night. It's like Candace Parker is the first player to have a five by five since Candace. She Parker. breaks records every <laughs> yeah. night. Yeah. So I, I really hope she doesn't. Um, but I mean, that's what's frustrating about. It. It's like they were that close to at least repeating back-to-back years to make the finals and and should have but uh anyway neither here nor there go ahead all right chris well there uh one big thing i want to get to on the show today we ranked our top five east contenders on monday's show with the homie john gonzalez i thought now would be a good time to take a temp check on the west so later in the show we're gonna get into the, our, our top five west contenders uh but first we haven't hit the emails in a while so i want to get a couple emails going with chris here uh, a reminder, please keep your emails coming in, openfloormail at gmail.com. That's openfloormail at gmail.com. I would love to do one more huge mailbag episode, maybe even a two-parter before the start of the season. So please keep the emails coming in. We really appreciate it. Uh, Chris, I realize we haven't really had a chance to talk in a professional capacity about the Donovan Mitchell trade. Uh, you know, we had a little bit of a discussion about it in our group chat. So I want to get into this email. This one comes in from Elliot Gold. Elliot writes in, While I can see the Cavs' motivation for a win-now move, NBA history would say there's a 0% chance it will work out in the championship. In the last 30 years, and maybe more, the youngest best player on an NBA championship was 24, Wade in 06, followed by 26, Giannis in 2021, both of which are outliers in how young they were. Additionally, Dwayne Wade had the most dominant ever, Shaq, still at the tail end of his prime, and both were surrounded by older vets and all-stars. Simply put, young teams do not win NBA championships. Doesn't NBA history tell us that GMs who go all-in with young stars at the expense of the future always lose the gamble? I have some pretty strong thoughts about this email, but Chris, I'll let you go first. Um, I I mean, I think it's a, a smart question, but it's also like, It'd be different if this was a single year that we were Mm -hmm. looking at Donovan Mitchell for it. Like, assuming he doesn't hate Cleveland, which is fully possible. I love it. Um, A lot of people obviously do not. Joakim Noah has thoughts. But, uh, I mean, it's a young team, but Donovan Mitchell is, what, 25? So, Mm -hmm. if he's there for the next three years or however long his contract is, what, like, at some point, so it might not work for this year. Like, Mm -hmm. he, he would be an outlier for this year. He might be an outlier for next year. Great NBA players, I, I think, you know, there's the 27 club that people talk about from a really fatalistic standpoint from music and stuff like that and celebrities. But there's also, I think, a 27 club in the NBA where it's like most of the all-time greats win their title around that age, 27, mm-hmm. 28. I think LeBron was 28. Michael was like 27. I think Shaq might have been 27. Uh, and you go all the way down the line, like there's tons of – superstars that have won now whether you think mitchell is part of that list i i would probably like disagree with that but the reason that people are even intrigued by this move in the first place and this is what we were talking about in our group chat 
Cleveland's pretty like got a pretty great young core. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've got four guys that I think most teams would love to have one or two of them, let alone four. Um, doesn't mean it's the perfect mix. You know, they would need some things to break right in their direction, but also they could grow together. And two, three years from now, if they all kind of show growth in the right direction, in the same direction, um, I mean, they obviously could be a contender. Uh, I don't, I don't think anybody is clamoring that they're going to do it this year, but at a certain point, the youth isn't that youthful anymore. Two, three years from now, Donovan Mitchell being 27, he's young enough to still be going into his prime maybe, but he's not young. So, uh, it's a, it's a fair question, but I think it's a little bit short-sighted from the standpoint of, uh, you know, two, three years from now, which is probably what you're building for, building toward, that uh, they could be better than whatever they're going to be this year. And if that's the case, then, you know, then I think you still have to be on the lookout for them to accomplish something meaningful. Absolutely. I mean, this is not an all-in one-year move like the Bucks were doing with Drew Holiday, for example. Um you hit the nail on the head. I mean, Donovan Mitchell has three years left on his contract. Evan Mobley is only headed into his second year. Uh, I think everyone who I know who loves basketball is incredibly high on Evan Mobley. Um, thinks he could be the kind of star the Cavs need. I mean, he could end up turning into three years from now the best player on that team. I mean, if Donovan Mitchell resigns, that could be an incredible one-two punch. And, and then you still have Darius Garland and Jared Allen. So... I hear what you're saying, uh, or Elliot, that is, in terms of young teams generally don't win the title. I agree. But what happens a lot in the NBA is young teams grow into teams that can win the title. I mean, the Warriors had to go through a playoff loss in 2014 before they became the Warriors. Uh, You know, the Thunder probably would have ended up winning a title had they kept James Harden, but they had to make a finals and lose. Um, You know, you have to take your lumps. Every team does. But... You know, it definitely helps to have good players. And in terms of swinging a trade that's going to win you the championship, the truth is that just doesn't really exist. Um, In terms of, like, acquiring the one guy. I mean, my point is you're not really going to trade for Kevin Durant, okay? Um, I I know he requested a trade this summer, but we saw how that played out. It's just impossible to put together a trade package for that guy. Look at the NBA title winners since... You know, 2011, it's Dirk was the best player. Uh, LeBron was the best player. Uh, You know, Steph, Kevin Durant, Giannis. I mean, outside of that one kind of weird Spurs year, which they had the greatest coach of all time, and they still had an all-time great in Tim Duncan. Like, at the end of the day, there's always only going to be, you know, three or four best players who are controlling the title discussion. Do we think Donovan Mitchell can get in there? Probably not, but that's not a reason to not make the trade. Like, what are the Cavs' options? Like, oh, well, we're not going to get one of the top five players in the league, so do they just tank again? Uh, I mean, so I just don't understand what people want teams in Cleveland's position to do uh, when they get upset. Oh, you're trading future draft picks for a guy. This doesn't guarantee you a championship. There's like four players who guarantee you in that discussion in a given year, okay? Nikola Jokic is a two-time MVP um, like universally agreed upon, even if you think he shouldn't have won MVP, definitely a top 10 player in the league at worst, right? Does he guarantee you a championship? That just shows how exclusive that club is. And I, I hate that we've, like some people have this mentality that you shouldn't make this move unless it definitely puts you in the championship discussion. Because if you're Cleveland, I don't understand how you're going to get a better chance in this other than you know, playing terrible basketball and being the lottery every single year until you somehow stumble into another LeBron-type prospect. Um, Can we talk about that, too, just super briefly? Because I know you got to move on. Please, please. LeBron couldn't even convince his friends to come play in Cleveland until (laughs) he'd won championships in Miami and went back to Cleveland. Like, nobody's trying to – like, going out of their way to sign there, um, even when Cleveland offers – Big, big money because every mm-hmm. other team, presumably anybody that Cleveland would hand big money to, other teams are going to do that as well. So it's it's just not enough of a destination. Hell, like people here where I live in Chicago complain that the Bulls are not a big enough destination mm-hmm. for what this city is. And most people would probably say that Chicago is more of a draw than Cleveland. So I, 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 like I said, it's it's actually a very good question, but I think it's like very – sometimes people make that joke about um, – you know, when when that Thad Young meme where it's like 
guys that have averaged 14.2 points per game, 8.6 <laughs> rebounds, 3.3 assists, and shot 41.9% in the season or whatever it was. And it's like LeBron, Michael, Thad Young. Yeah. Uh, when you finagle the numbers too specifically, sometimes you kind of like get a result that's weird or you know is, is an anomaly. Uh, this one's not so specific, but I, I, I would like just kind of challenge you to, to loosen it a little bit for this from the standpoint of like this team is really young and they're young enough to where these guys could still really show big leaps. And if they do that from where they're already at, Cleveland will be dangerous. Not too far in the future. Also, haven't they not won a playoff series without LeBron since like the late '80s or something like that? I mean, it's, sometimes it's okay for a team to be really good. Sometimes it's—I promise—it's okay for a team to be really good, even if they don't win the NBA championship. You know, it was a great team, successful run, and I bet the those- '90s Knicks. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, had to interrupt you there. <laughs> nice, solid plug. Plug, bet- plug, plug. You know who I bet has is looks back fondly uh, are Grizzlies fans on the 2010s Grizzlies when Zach Gasol, Zach Gasol, Zach Randolph, Mark Gasol, Mike Conley were all together. That was a great team. That was a lot of fun. They made a couple conference finals. They were always in the playoff mix. It's okay to be that. It's okay to be the Raptors before they got Kawhi. Like th- those were very successful runs of teams that made deep playoff runs. Maybe the Cavs never get over the hump, but they gave themselves a great chance. They're trying to win. Like that's what we should encourage uh, in the NBA. It shouldn't always be championship or bust. All right, so I want to get into one more email here, unless you have any more Cavs thoughts, Chris. No, let's move on. Um, this one comes in from Corey Stratton. Corey writes in, hey, guys. I've heard a lot of talk about how Gobert getting less rebounds or other counting stats might hurt his case as an all-star or a high-caliber player with Towns' presence and a lack of touches. What I don't hear is what it says about his ability to defend and anchor a defense if he leads the Timberwolves to a top-five defensive rating after they ranked 14th last year. I'm not sure that'll happen, and I personally need to see it last through the playoffs, but what do you guys think this would say about what we think about Gobert? Love the pod. Keep up the awesome stuff. Thank you for the kind words, Corey. What do you think? Would would you do you think you'd learn something new about Gobert if he were able to put the Wolves in a top five defensive rating? And is that something you see as a possibility? No, no. I mean, yes. <laughs> as far as whether I see it as a possibility, sure. Whether I would learn anything new about him that that apparently that he would be a great defender because he could take a team that was. Average at best defensively, maybe, you know, over the last few years worse than average defensively and make them a really, really good defense. No, that's what he's done for his career. Like, did you watch Utah last year and how horrendous (laughs) they were on the perimeter? So that's not fundamentally changing anything about the way I view him. Now, what I think would solidify something for me is if he takes them and turns them into like anywhere near a 60 win team, uh, and, you know, I think that like that would be a step early for them to be able to accomplish that with this group. Um, and it would be kind of accelerating them, which I think is what the point of it was, was to try to make them elite defensively, assuming that they've got enough on offense already. And, you know, who, who, who minds if you get a, an elite screener on the offensive end, too, and someone that can maybe finish at the rim and is going to be efficient at the rim and, and shoot free throws pretty well for his position. Um I'm not really sure that this can like show me anything different as far as what his elite skill set is. It's mm-hmm. his defense, his rim protection, his deterrence. Um, so it wouldn't – I mean, them being top five, like that's essentially kind of what Dallas did is they made a big jump defensively without even really changing much of their – you know, who was on their team. So sometimes that can happen. I've seen that happen with Portland before. I covered the Knicks for a year where they were a really, really good defense. Like – Sometimes bad defenses just get better um, or, you know, they get three-point luck and stuff like that and their numbers improve. Um, but Gobert and that happening because they get Gobert would not surprise me in the slightest. I think it's really more a question of how much more can they win in the regular season and can they kind of prove some of us wrong as far as what we expect from them in the postseason? Because a lot of people looked at this trade and said, man, Minnesota gave up a whole, whole, whole lot. But they were essentially doing what you just talked about in the last question with Cleveland is that they're taking a swing here. They're realizing that their history is not much to speak of, their recent history. Um, Really, their history, not even recent. 
Um, and they're taking a swing, hoping that, you know, putting themselves in a the conversation as a top four or five team, probably consistently in the West, and hoping that they can, you know, another team can trip up or that they can get a good matchup and that they find themselves in the conference finals. And then at that point, anything could happen. So that's where I'm, I'm can they make that happen? Because even Utah, frankly, couldn't quite make that, you know, the, we make the finals part of it happen, mm-hmm. despite the fact that they had the best record in the league one year maybe the second or third best another year. Yeah. Um, so can they get past that? Can they get to the, you know, to the promised land with this, with this new player? It's going to be really interesting. I, I'm completely with you. It's what he's frankly done his entire career is elevate bad defenses. I mean, the jazz perimeter defense uh, was not very good and they were being exposed in multiple playoff series. And, you know, that always put Gobert in a tough spot. Um, I am very curious about the fit between Gobert and Towns because I'm trying to think of another two big combination like that. Like the Celtics play two bigs, but Horford can switch. Uh, Rob Williams is Rob Williams. He's an absolute menace. I'm trying to think of another team that is having success with two non... I think it's fair to call them two non-switch bigs, even though Gobert... It's funny. Gobert went from like he can't switch to actually he's better on switches than you think. To it's like uh, you still. I think it's safe to say they're both two like non-switch bigs. And I'm trying to think of another team in the league right now that's going to play that way. Because even in the Lakers play a center with AD. I mean AD is so athletic. Um. No one's coming to mind. I mean, I'm running down the list of especially good I'm teams. I'm thinking about it, too. Yeah, yeah, and that's going to be interesting. I mean, the Warriors don't. The Celtics don't. Uh, the Heat didn't. Um, these are just some of the top seeds. I mean, the Sixers have Embiid. But, the I mean, Grizzlies, Embiid they had JJJ. So yeah. It's, yeah. You're, yeah, I hear where you're coming from. So uh, that is going to be interesting to me. I mean, like, I'm using switch here to not only mean literal switch, but just, like, the idea of playing, like, two kind of – slower bigs not having one power forward who's more of like a small ballish type guy that's going to be interesting to me i'm interested to see how that works and i'm very curious listen i'm willing to say they're going to be even a top 10 defense during the regular season with gobert that's been his impact in his career i'm frankly more interested to see will they stay on the floor together during the playoffs hmm that that's part of my question. I think you kind of have to. I, I just mm-hmm. remember running the numbers when they made the trade for Gobert of just how much of their cap and how much dollar wise is going to be directed just to Gobert and just to Towns before you even talk about Edwards, who obviously has a, a huge payday coming as well. Um, they're going to be locked up more money wise in two players than really anybody because of how much money Towns and, and uh, Gobert are making. Ooh. So by that definition, I just kind of feel like you probably have to. You're not going to have many choices. Um, I mean, optics-wise, like I think you're going to have to. Like, It doesn't speak well of you investing that much in a deal where you're not going to play him in key moments. So, um, But I do wonder a little bit, you know, like Towns – just as far as like who you're running your screen rolls with, if you don't use Gobert, like what is he doing? Mm-hmm. Um, where is he standing? Are you trying to make him a guy that can take a jumper occasionally, which sounds weird. I mean, he's a good shooter for his position as far as free throws, good free throw shooter, kind of project yeah. those sorts of things. Like, but it, it, it's it's kind of a question that matters here. All of a sudden, is like you're you're going to have someone just kind of theoretically hanging out. Somewhere and obviously Towns is capable of that you can't leave him wide open, but like you might <laughs> yeah, just be able to ignore him. Gobert. Yeah. You yeah. might be able to leave Gobert out there unless you just kind of have him in a dunker spot or something like that. So we'll see. Like there's a lot of stuff to be answered here. Chris Finch has done a really good job, I think, mm-hmm. as the Timberwolves coach. He's obviously had some some struggles too. With you know, we all complained about the timeouts he didn't call last year when Memphis mm. would just go on these gnarly gnarly runs. Um, um, he also had confidence. I mean, he, I think he. Bench D'Angelo Russell in one of those fourth quarters. He did. Yeah, like yeah. He, he he does a lot. Like I actually really 
think he gets through to that team, and, mm-hmm. and it's pretty clear. Remember, he took over the team in the middle of a season from outside the organization, right. was hired from a different team. And a lot of us kind of sounded off about that, saying, like, this is bad. You're overlooking the guy that should have been next in line. Like, he's done a good job. There's no question mm-hmm. about that. He's got his work cut out a little bit just to make this thing as efficient as it can be from an offensive perspective, and that's without even really addressing the question that the emailer asked about. Um, you know, how much can he make this work defensively? Is Gobert great enough to make it work defensively without being, you know, he's not Bam Adebayo as far as how comfortable he is with getting out to mm-hmm. shooters, with switching, with all this different stuff. So it's going to be a challenge on some level, and it's not an automatic, oh, they're a top five defense now. Like mm-hmm. They might be, but I'd like to see how it works. They're probably the most wait-and-see team I've got on my mm-hmm. list of teams that we're going to discuss in a few minutes as far as the, the West contenders. Have you seen the clip going around Twitter of Rudy Gobert posting up Dennis Schroeder in that uh, in the I, FIBA tournament? I have not. I have not. It's not a good look for our boy Gobert. It's, um... Is it like that Carl Towns, uh, DeMarcus Cousins one? The, <laughs> the, the meme that goes around? I mean, it looks I'm pretty, like that. pretty sure the, the caption is like, is already like, it's got some bad words in it, but the gist is like this guy can't even post up um, Dennis Schroeder or something like that, hey, and man. it's like him getting a, a like a not quite the mid post in the middle of the lane. He gets a a post up on Schroeder and kind of it, it comes off the glass without touch. Let's say that. <laughs> well, let, let me just say it, it's it's really easy to take what presumably look like the worst moment of someone and obviously <laughs> we've got social media everybody always points out with that meme or that you know that photo that i was talking about with towns and cousins towns looked stressed and like he couldn't go anywhere and that picture it's a still image but he did score you know and, and so it's like gobert's gonna have moments where he gets a little bit embarrassed here or mm-hmm. there um that go viral i mean he's got he's had some bad ones like yeah. the the whole pandemic one where he's touching all the microphones um, he got joked on a lot for essentially tearing up and crying when he didn't make the All Star team, yeah. and that you know there was By fellow players to that. too, which was yeah, yeah like was he a, he has yeah. a reputation of being soft. Like let's yeah. let's just put it out there, like a perception of being soft is maybe the way to put it. Um, as someone that cares mostly about wins and losses, you know, in the way I cover the league and you know nuance and context and stuff like that, I I would take him on my team more often than not. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, like, he's going to get beat every now and then, but he also gives really good effort. Um, and putting him on a team where you've got young guys that say they're hungry to win and, you know, and looked like they were they were really trying last year. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued to see what it looks like. I'm not going to write him off. And, you know, like you, like you were saying, people make their jokes. That's one thing. But it's a really interesting team for this coming season. No question. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. <laughs> Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. 
Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. Well, with that being said... It'll be interesting to see if they come up in the discussion of the next portion of this podcast because we are going to rank our contenders in the West one through five. Um, For those of you who listen to the Monday podcast, you know what we're talking about. Um, Chris, I think we're just going to go five to one here. the way I understand this, at least, and maybe you, you, I left this open to interpretation for you, but the way I look at it is the five teams that I think have the best chance to represent the West in the NBA Finals. Gotcha. So tell me who your number five team is. Okay. Uh well let me ask this do you want me to start with the teams that like I gave thought to and was like mm, not quite let's let's do that after, after. we go over our list Got a little you. bit we'll discuss why we left certain teams off all right all right uh so at five I've got the Suns which you know I kind of mm. went back and forth about whether that is too low um whether you know whether they should have been higher on the list we were talking we were talking about Utah, and it was funny because Utah was my pick to make the finals before last year, and a lot of people were like, Utah? And it was weird to me that people wrote them off so quickly before the season even started when they had the best record the year before. Um, I, I do think there's something to be said sometimes about the idea that a team that gets close a couple of times or looks like you know the best contender, one of the best contenders, a couple times in a row but doesn't get it done whether it starts to do something to the team's psyche. Mm-hmm. Um, in my book about the 90s Knicks, Pat Riley said that, you know, when you keep elevating and elevating but getting turned back once you get to, kind of to the mountaintop or close to it, it does take something out of you. And, I, you know, that, that quote has kind of stuck with me because that's what happened to the Knicks repeatedly. Um, I don't quite worry about the Suns that much. Like, I think that they'll have a really, really successful regular season if they stay healthy. Um, they're... You know, I think the other thing that happened with them that people just kind of forgot about, we all had the question about Aiton and what they were going to do with that. They didn't get Durant. So it was like it it ended up being a summer where essentially nothing really happened. Nothing explosive happened for them. They brought everybody back, more or less. Uh, There's no reason they shouldn't be a 50-55 win team easily um, after winning, what, 65 last year? Mm -hmm. Um, And never having a losing streak of longer than, I think, two games or whatever it was during the regular season. Um, Chris Paul's age is really the only real big question here. How does he age? How does he look? Does he stay healthy again? Which is not a given, but has been for the last two years. Um, so I put them at five just because I, I kind of do feel like that question is going to seep in just a little bit. Um, and we'll see like whether they're, they're just as good as they have been the last two years. Or do they take a little bit of a step back as some of these other teams kind of continue to gun for them and feel like they're... They're vulnerable now after what happened in last year's postseason with the horrendous Game 7. Still the most surreal basketball game Crazy. I've ever seen. I can't believe it. I couldn't believe it as it was happening. And I, you could sense it like the second step back three Luka hit. You were like, oh, this is something weird's about to happen. I'm not... I'm not trying to LeBron it when I'm like, I knew Kobe was going to score 81 that night, but I wrote about it. The energy in that building was off the second like Luca came down and, and started hitting some of those shots. I'm assuming we have the same five and four, but we have them flipped, but maybe not. Okay. But my number five team is the Memphis Grizzlies. Okay. And I'm a little bit down on Memphis this year, and I really wanted to be like a shock podcast guy and put the Pelicans at number five because I'm really high on the Pelicans. I think they're going to be sick. They were really good in the second half of last season. I would, I'm willing, I've never met Willie Green, but I'm willing to die for him based off that clip of him giving that fourth quarter pep talk alone. Um, but I ended up going with the Grizzlies here just because, you know what? No, I'm putting the Pelicans. 
I'm taking the Grizzlies off my list. This is happening in real time. I'm going Damn. with the Pelicans at number five. Zion, Damn. Zion is an offensive force. Okay, they were really, really good last season. Um, down the stretch, a complete turnaround. I mean, Herb Jones, absolute legend. Uh, Grand Theft Alvarado. They have a really fun team. <laughs> They're going to be able to play a lot of fun combinations. I think yeah. Willie Green proved to be an incredible coach. I mean, they push. Granted, Phoenix didn't have Booker, but they were pushing the Suns to the limit in that first round. Um. And I'm going to tell you why I just let Memphis off. I don't think last year was a fluke, but it was a weird season in terms of how well they played without Ja. Like, yes. what do you take from that? What do you take from that? Like, you can tell me the record without Ja Morant, but what does that mean to me? Because ultimately, you know, obviously they were good with Ja too, but it's almost like you just throw out how good they were without their best player because that's not going to mean anything come playoff time. Mm-hmm. They... I didn't like how they just kind of dumped DeAnthony Melton for a draft pick. I think he's someone who you keep around. Maybe someone who uses in a bigger trade for another player. Uh, they let Kyle Anderson walk in free agency, and then he ends up signing with the Timberwolves, which is a really nice pickup from Minnesota. Jaron Jackson Jr. is going to miss the first two months of the regular season, three months. We don't know. He had foot surgery. Is he going to be the same player when he gets back? So, I'm yeah, I'm... I'm putting the Pelicans at number five. I've decided. I, I was going to make the case for Memphis, but they just dropped out because I'm I'm a little queasy about them. To quote the great Joe Philbin. <laughs> um, look, I had them at four, but they were a team that you know. As I was thinking about it, the way they looked, I think people like Memphis because of um because of the way they talk, and obviously people like Memphis because of Jaw. Like, let's just mm-hmm. keep it a buck. Um, but they, they're a team that really is not afraid. They talk big, but they also do not ever really look afraid. Um, hell, they beat the stuffing out of the Warriors after losing Moran <laughs> yeah. for a game. I mean, like, you know, the same way that we're talking about that game seven uh, with the Suns and Mavs. Like, you know, the Grizzlies had a game like that, too, where they just, what did they do? Win by 40 against the Warriors in the middle of that series without their best player. Um I do think there's something to be said, though, and this is why I'm a little bit lower on them this year uh, and having the fourth, is that you, they wouldn't have been 22-5 and five or 22-6 and six or whatever it was without Ja if Jaron Jackson Jr. was hurt mm-hmm. um, or if he was going to miss as much time as he might miss this season. Um, just because of the simple fact, like the reason that they were better statistically – Without Jaws, really easy. Like, it's not a, a huge, huge mystery. They are a really, really, really great defensive team when he's not there. Jaws, not a very good defender for all the things he can do. He's not a very good defender yet. Um, so they have less negatives to kind of navigate when he's not out there defensively. Um, but that that's nullified if Jaron Jackson's not out there. Um, they do have other good defenders that can step up and other people that mm-hmm. are capable of defending the paint, protecting the rim, without him there but not to the extent that he can we talk about switchability and all sorts of other stuff uh not to mention the offense that he brings too so um it's just hard for me like i even if jaron jackson jr was fully healthy like you said it wasn't a fluke but i'm not sure i would bet on them being that good again without jaw mm-hmm. um and that's also not even to mention like will jaw stay fully healthy he was hurt a lot last mm-hmm. year um my best friend and i have a a, a constant debate about going forward, would I rather have Ja like right now or Zion for the rest of their career, knowing what wow. I've seen the last couple of years? And I, you know, I still kind of lean towards Zion a little bit. Wow. Um, and my best friend is like, you're crazy. But part of the reason is like, yes, I know Zion's missed a lot of time. I know foot injuries, like lower body injuries are nothing to play with, especially when you've got Zion's frame. So it's a it's a wild bet on some level. But we've also seen Zion when he is healthy and what he can do when he's healthy. Uh, ja, even though he hasn't been hurt as much, I kind of always worry that like a really big injury is right around the corner for him because of the way he plays. I mean, uh, his, frame his frame and the way he plays is terrifying. Yep. Yeah. And you, like you hear about how guys had to kind of practice landing for their dunks. And even Ja's missed dunks terrified the hell out of me. Uh, so look, I, all I'm saying with that is that like he's always a risk to miss a really big chunk of a season, 
Um, and obviously Zion is too, given what we've seen from him. But uh, anyway, this isn't even a conversation about yeah. New Orleans necessarily. It's Memphis. That's why I've got Memphis at four. Like yeah. I very easily could flip them and have the Suns would probably be a better bet to have above the Grizzlies, at least for regular season, for exactly the reason we're talking about, is that they spread out their the, the importance of their players a little bit more, I think, than the Grizzlies do. But I'll keep the Grizzlies at four. Uh, Wow, you you that you you flipped yeah. them and uh, almost sounds like you almost left them off your list to some extent with the way you talked about it with New Orleans and I, I did, did say I in did. my I'm, list I'm putting Pelicans of my official five now. Oh, so the Suns yeah. are just no. The, I'm putting the okay. Suns at four. I'm I am putting the Suns at four. You're dropping the Grizzlies off. I'm your dropping list the Grizzlies off. I'm putting Oof. the Suns at four. Phoenix is interesting. I'm with you. I think there's a chance this goes off the rails entirely if Chris Paul ages even a little bit. I think there's a chance. I think there's a chance DeAndre Ayton's not on the team at the end of this season. Um, Damn. I don't think that they wanted to keep him as much as they didn't want to let him walk for nothing and didn't like yep. the trades that were out there. Or, you know, Brooklyn didn't want him back in a Durant deal. But there's a chance it goes off the rails. There's a chance they're really, really good again. And maybe they win close to, maybe they win 58 games. Um, Still makes no sense what happened in the playoffs. I have no idea what to make of that team. They're mostly running it back, which is good, but I do think they need some help. I think they need some better Chris Paul insurance than campaign. Um, I think getting Dario Sarge back should actually help them a little bit. But they're they're an interesting team. They were just so good last season, and it's so shocking the way they went out that I'm putting them at four, but I'm also really nervous about them. I'm also really nervous about them. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. Let's get to our top three because I think this is where it gets really interesting. Who's your number three team? The Denver Nuggets. Mm. Um, I, uh, you know, I, I really hated losing Monty Morris for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like he very easily is one of the most dependable guards in the mm-hmm. league, period. Not even just, you know, backups, but, I, mm-hmm. I you know, I think just as far as, like, anybody, yeah. the assist to turnover is always elite. He's Three big enough shooting. to where he's yeah. not – yeah, like, he's not he's not being taken advantage of um, like a lot of backups will be when they're in there against starters. He's had to start so much anyway that he can be viewed as a starter. I'm kind of surprised that more teams weren't in on looking at him that way or taking a chance on him the way that you've mm-hmm. seen with maybe Tyus Jones and players like that over the years is, is um, someone in that sort of role. Um, so I, I love that 
I hated that for them, but I also understand the idea of needing badly needing guys that can defend the perimeter and guys that can kind of be more three and D. Will Barton really hurt them in some ways? Just mm-hmm. you know, as, as fun a player as he was, and as much as I think a lot of us rooted for him, uh, especially with the injuries and everything. Getting Caldwell Pope and then going out and getting Bruce Brown, which still is one of my favorite signings for the fit that he'll have mm-hmm. as a cutter and someone that can play off of Jokic really well. Um, I really like the Nuggets. That doesn't even speak to the idea that they're going to get Jamal Murray back, presumably. It doesn't speak to the idea that you would expect that they'll have Michael Porter Jr. back. Uh, it's a team that was right there a couple of times, you know, as far as records were concerned, as far as just how good um, they were in the playoffs and kind of surprising people to get to the conference finals. Um, so they're going to be a factor if they're anywhere near healthy, if Jokic continues to stay healthy, if they get Murray back. They're going to have more firepower than they've really ever had if they can keep these guys together and healthy. They're going to have more balance from a defensive perspective if they have KCP there and Bruce Brown there. It's a team that I'm very, very intrigued by that, frankly, I thought about having even higher on this list at number three for me. This is the toughest one because I really, really wanted to put Denver at number two. You know what? Am I going to make another change to my list here? <laughs> You really were not settled with these decisions, huh? I'm not. It's like as I'm getting ready to make the case, I realize like as I'm going to make the case, I'm going to bring up all these caveats. And then I'm like, are my caveats stronger than my actual case? Every team has caveats, though. Yeah. Say it with your chest. I'm going to put the Nuggets at number three. I loved their offseason except for the DeAndre Jordan signing, which was – I don't think he finishes the season with them. I think they're going to have to find another backup center. I'm with you. I love Monte Morris. I'm one of the biggest Monte Morris fans. I think the trade makes sense in terms of if you're going to play Jamal Murray 35 minutes a night, you can kind of you need you need a KCP type player more. Um, I think their closing lineup in a lot of games, in most games even, is going to be Jamal, KCP, Bruce Brown, Aaron Gordon, and Nikola Jokic. And I know that puts Michael Porter Jr. to the bench, but. I think for the first time since, you know, Jokic has made his ascent, they have some genuine kind of teeth on the perimeter defensively. I mean, Aaron Gordon mm-hmm. was playing his ass off the last couple of years. He just didn't have a lot of help on that end of the floor. Bruce Brown is going to be a godsend for them. KCP is not a stopper, but he's he's absolutely competent. And, you know, they need guys like KCP and Bruce Brown to chase around uh, the Steph Curry's of the world. They need Bruce Brown to put on uh, one of Kawhi Leonard or Paul George. Um, you know, I don't think they're going to be a top eight defense, but I think they're going to have a much better chance on that end of the floor than they've had in years past. Um, yeah, they're at number three for me, and I'm. I think this is their best chance yet to win a title. I mean, Jokic is clearly right in his prime. You could argue Murray maybe needs a full year, but, I mean, he's had a lot of time off. They obviously were very slow in bringing him back. Uh, I think he's going to be ready to go. They're going to have a really, really good team. And I'm the reason I considered moving them up is I think they're, in some ways, even with the Murray injury, I'm more willing to bet on their health than my number one team, frankly. But... uh I think they're going to be really good. I would. I am almost willing to bet that they finish first in the conference in the regular season. Hmm. It's not a bad bet. Yeah. Considering that. Um, look, I mean, I, I I'm going to guess that we at least both have the Warriors in our top two. Like right. They didn't fall right. all the way out of our top yeah. five, and I would imagine too that. You know, fingers crossed that the Clippers are healthier. Mm-hmm. So I'm imagining we have the same top two, at least the same top two yeah. teams, maybe not in the same order. Um, and we know what the Clippers' MO has been as far as, and, and it would need to be, considering Paul George yeah. and, and Kawhi and how they've been injured the last couple of years, that you would very much be taking care of them as far as load management is concerned. Uh, and frankly, the Warriors, too, that you, you know, this team's getting a little bit older. Uh, they have a full arsenal of guys, obviously enough to win a title, mm-hmm. but also have a, you know a complement of younger guys that weren't necessarily playing a whole lot last year that you're trying to develop. Both of those teams could rest a lot considering yeah. what they've had the last few years. And because of that, the Nuggets absolutely mm-hmm. could be the number one seed. I can't remember a couple of years ago they 
they were, were top two. They ended up finishing second, I think. Yeah, they 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 finished second, but it was like by like a game or two. To, right. I think maybe the Warriors that year. Mm-hmm. So they're fully capable, and um, you know, I I, I think uh, to what you said about this being their best shot that year. Yeah, like I I was very much on the bandwagon. You know that they could win the whole thing, and that they might win the whole thing the year that Murray went out mm. late in the season with the ACL. So, look, I mean, if he's if he knocks off the rust, like we obviously saw Clay try to work through that this year, um, you know, it came up all roses for them. It's a little bit different with somebody like Murray, who's got the ball in his hands so much, mm-hmm. and you know, I mean, he's also um, younger, not the back to back that Clay had. Sure, sure. Yeah. I mean, it's you know, but it's just yeah. you, you never know how someone's going to look. I, mm-hmm. I, I feel more confident about people coming back from those sorts of injuries now, just with mm-hmm. kind of medical care and stuff like that, and and you know how much smaller the incisions can be around stuff like that but um michael porter is really big for them and you know how good does he look like for as much as we talk about murray and he obviously is really important uh the shooting that that murray i'm sorry the shooting that michael porter provides and particularly like we've seen him be like a flamethrower what if he's not that Mm. and what if he doesn't improve at all defensively like how much can you afford to play him he's a max guy for them now. So like, you kind of have to, uh, going back to what we were saying earlier in the, in the pod about Gobert, how much you gave this guy. So it, they're going to be a fascinating team. Like I'm, I'm looking forward so to seeing Jokic have, yep. I'm looking forward to Jokic having less on his shoulders, but I'm really yep. intrigued by the nuggets and I'm, I'm right there with you where I could easily see them finishing top in the conference. Um, I, you know, if I had to pick right now, I would say that they'd finish second, mm-hmm. uh, in the conference, but I could absolutely see them finishing first. So the real question remains, what order do you have the Clippers and Warriors in? I put the Warriors two and the Clippers one. As did I. As did I. Man, if the Clippers can really live up. I don't want to gloss over the Warriors. I just feel like we just saw them win the title. We know why they're great. We know Steph is still one of the best players in the world. Maybe going to be number one on my top 100. Um they're, you know, they're the Warriors. They're the Golden State Warriors. I was high on them all of last season. I told Pina on this podcast they were going to win the championship, and he didn't believe me. Uh, but the Clippers, can, I, I think, can play some of like the most beautiful lineups in modern NBA basketball history if they stay healthy. Absolutely they can. I mean... Th- it's it's gonna be, and I think what I'm excited about from that standpoint too is, n- no shade to Reggie Jackson who's looked like a different player. <laughs> who's the, been the, ever since he the Reg the the Reggie Jackson Renaissance has been genuinely beautiful to watch. He gave that remember, interview where yeah, he was like emotional, and he was like, "These guys saved my career." Like that was beautiful, man. That was a genuinely was, beautiful moment. It, it was, and what I don't forget about ever with him is like remember he had like the lasik thing like right. he had <laughs> that's like, right think of i think about that a lot like obviously derrick rose you know got his face like shattered it's one of two bulls actually during those years to have his face shattered uh but you know just like the orbital bone or whatever and he was seeing double vision i think about that i remember baseball made stuff illegal was it jerry hairston or someone else can't remember who um like had the he had like the contacts he was wearing that were like almost too powerful in the league said they weren't allowed or whatever. But just when you talk about, when you talk about vision and sports, particularly for people that are playing baseball or shooting a basketball and depth perception, which is already difficult enough in these cavernous arenas, um, that, you know, like his career has been different ever since he got whatever it was with his eyes fixed and taken care of. Um, but I, I've never loved him running their offense like he's had moments where he's been a lot better than usual he's had moments where maybe he struggled a little bit but I just kind of feel like John Wall if he's anything close to what he was before Mm -hmm. some of the injuries and stuff like that but also consider that before the injuries he was being asked a lot more to do a lot more he was a franchise guy going back to those years in Washington uh you're, you're you're just asking him to kind of guide stuff with this team that was my only concern with the Clippers before is that the ball was in Kawhi's hand so much and Paul George's hand so much. They kind of have to create for themselves. They kind of have to run the offense and they can do that. But mm-hmm. when these guys are as injury prone as they are, do you want them doing that as much as they've had to? 
Um, so I think this solves part of that equation. You still have Reggie Jackson, who, again, one of the big improvements for him has been shooting. Um, and so if you can play him off the ball a little bit more, you could theoretically play a, those two guys together and play Kawhi and Paul George mm-hmm. and play Zubach at the – like there's yeah. so many different – you've got Batum. You've got a lot of options with this team, not to mention that they're coached by Ty Lu, which makes you feel good about their yeah. prospects as well. It's a really, really fascinating team. Let me just run through some of the options here. They're, at some point they're going to play a lineup that's John Wall, Norm Powell – Paul George, Kawhi Powell. Leonard, Norm Powell. So they go. They could go Wall, Powell, Kawhi, PG, play Batum at center. And they're like, okay, we don't want Batum, but we still want to play small. How about Robert Covington? And then we could go, oh, Covington doesn't have a shot tonight. What about Marcus Morris Sr.? Covington. Covington. I'm forgetting about some yeah. of the guys in this rotation, uh, uh, bro. Let's say, let's say you ha- Norm Powell doesn't have it that night. You could throw in... Terrence Mann, okay? Game seven hero, Terrence Mann. Let's say John Wall doesn't have it tonight. You could play Terrence Mann at the point, play him with Norm Powell. Let's say Wall is looking snow, slow. They're sagging off his three-point shot. Then you put in Reggie Jackson. It's like they can go small, and if someone's getting targeted, someone's getting picked on, someone's getting ignored offensively, they have another genuine NBA playoff rotation player they can go to and I just don't know another team like that. Like, there are other teams where it's like, this is it. This is our best. This is what we got. You know, like, we got to live or die with it. The Clippers kind of feel like they don't have to live or die with anything. They're just the ultimate chameleon. Yeah, which is how they knocked out um, Utah that year, despite having lost Kawhi at the end of that series. I mean, they just, they've always had a little bit more as far as what the versatility is concerned. But now they're kind of at peak mm-hmm. versatility. So they're going to be fascinating from that standpoint. There's a lot of firepower. There's a lot of versatility. And there's a lot of top-end talent now if you get Kawhi and Paul George back healthy. Um, can they stay that way is the question. And I think, again, gets to the point of would you pick them to be your number one seed? Probably not. But I also don't think it matters if they, you know, they've got mm-hmm. home court. If they're a top-four seed, even if they're five, even if they don't have home court advantage necessarily – um, it'd be hard to pick against them just yeah. because playoffs are about matchups and they're going to have a counter, you would think, for just about everything, and they're going to have enough top-end talent to go toe-to-toe with anybody. You know that uh, clip that they like post about LeBron where he's like in the studio with 2 chains and he's like describing what a deluxe album is but doesn't realize that that's what he's doing? And he's like... Um, like, what if we just say for the fans, like, who bought the album, like, here go two more for y'all. That's that's the Clippers, but with small forwards. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you don't like uh, it's like you don't like uh, John Wall, and Nicholas Batum. All right, here go two more for y'all. And it's like here's yep. Terrence Mann and Norm Powell. That's the Clippers. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the south side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. 
Visit ParamountPlus.com slash TheShot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime Annual Plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. I want to end with a, a fun little thought exercise. I did this with Gons, too. Okay. So let's say the Clippers are going to take the place of the Jazz in the West playoff field. I think we both feel confident about that. Okay. Yeah, the okay. Jazz are going to drop out of the playoffs. They're going to be one of the worst teams in the league. Clippers aren't going to miss the playoffs again, theoretically. Do you think the Los Angeles Lakers make the playoffs next season? Not really. Not right now. I mean, I was waiting to see whether they would um, whether they would make a trade for you know to get Russ out. Um, and obviously that didn't happen. You know, presumably they're bringing in. You know, at that point maybe you're getting healed and Miles Turner or something like that. That didn't happen. Um, I'm curious to see what it looks like. I think they have more of an NBA rotation, all things considered, just that they've gone a little bit younger, that they, uh, you know, that they got Patrick Beverly. Uh, I still don't quite see it. I still have, I mean, even though they've fortified some aspects of the roster, I still have concerns about the injuries, which it would be fair to assume that they might be even more plentiful as LeBron gets older, or at least that he's going to miss more games or need to miss more games. Um, who knows? Anthony Davis, maybe his training has been more geared toward just trying to stay healthy. Um, so we'll see. But I, I just kind of feel like the teams we didn't discuss are likely to be there. The mm-hmm. teams that we didn't quite have in our contender status. Minnesota. So the Timberwolves. Yeah, Timberwolves are right there. You talked about the Pelicans. You actually basically have them on your list. I didn't for contenders, yeah, but I think that there's a decent chance that they're this year's Memphis. The Mavs are probably the team that I have lowest on my they're, list as far as like – Contenders, they didn't really improve their team at all. Luka's going to have an even heavier load on his shoulders without Brunson. But it's still fair to think that they might be better than the Lakers, even at full strength. Mm. Um, So I I don't see it. I I could easily be wrong. Like, I think the Lakers are capable. It's just a question of, do you think they'll stay healthy? And do you think Russ will torpedo what they're doing if they are healthy? And they could be healthy. Russ could torpedo it. They could be not healthy. They could be fully healthy, and Russ fits a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Any of those things, like I, I still don't see them being a high-end team in the West right now. Like I just don't think the rest of their roster is that yeah. great. Um, but I, you know, I could be wrong, and like I, I don't feel strongly about it yeah. one way or the other. I just don't see them. Like I was not that close to having them in my top right. five at all. I For just sure. think they're a, a ways away from that. Um, do you think Portland has any chance to make the playoffs? Yeah. Absolutely. I, I think they do. Uh, again, like they were a team that was not even close to my contender mm-hmm. list, but I think that they're a team, hell, even as we talk about preview material um, with our editors and stuff like that, I, I at least kind of threw out the idea of like, I, I think no one's talking about Portland. Mm-hmm. I think they had a nice offseason. Dame is back healthy. I feel like he's one of those guys that very much takes note of everybody that's talking shit, um, you know, during the time that he was out and, you know, everybody else in the year of the point guard with all these other guys, and it's like, what about Dame? Uh, particularly, Steph just won another title. Um, so I think that they can. I, I don't think that they will, but I think that they can, yes. Um, I just think it's interesting, because I think we both think L.A. and Portland, even if not likely, are possible playoff teams, but that would mean one of Dallas, Minnesota, or New Orleans would have to miss it, maybe even Memphis, which is why it gets interesting, because the West playoff field if you look at it from last year, we think we think Golden State's a lock. We think Denver's a lock. We think the Clippers are a lock. Probably Phoenix and Memphis. I mean, Minnesota, you'd have to think so. That really just leaves Dallas I and mean, New Minnesota Orleans. is yeah. one bad injury away, yeah. though. You know, if you take, yeah. take Gobert out of that and think about – because that was the problem that most of us had with Minnesota's trade is that, look, the picks were so many picks, obviously, and the protection issue – the unprotection issue, but also they gave up so many rotation guys, mm-hmm. a lot of wings to go get Gobert. And so again, when when we have the conversation about like, well, do you play them both at the same time if you're getting torched um, and you can't get out to shooters or whatever? Again, you kind of have to because you've bet the farm on this. Um, so it's 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 feasible to think that if Towns gets hurt or if Gobert gets hurt all of a sudden that like the team gets a little bit thin very mm-hmm. quickly in a way that they probably wouldn't have if they didn't make that trade. So it's not inconceivable. Like I, I, I very much trust that the wolves will make the playoffs, but 
injuries are going to be more impactful for certain teams. We watched the Suns. Devin Booker missed time last year. Uh, Chris Paul missed time last uh-huh. year. The Suns still were 10 games better than everybody else because they have a lot of depth on that team. The Timberwolves don't have that luxury. Um, the Mavericks really don't have that luxury if Luka gets hurt even for a couple weeks. Um, you know, so so we'll see. It, it, it's wait and see, but a couple of these teams, it's absolutely conceivable that the Lakers would make it if they're healthier um, and that the Blazers would make it if they're healthier and Dame is healthy and the Timberwolves aren't or the Mavs aren't because I just don't think they've got as much room for error with the lack of depth on those teams. I agree, and it's going to be – that's what I'm kind of most fascinated to see is that five through eight spot, who makes it, yes. who drops out, because we even talked about a team like the Kings, who I don't think are likely but are should be better this year. It could be interesting. Um, it should be very fun to watch. Uh, well, that will do it for today's episode, though. Chris, so great to have you back on. I know we probably – with both love to still be, we were both in Mexico City, not at the same time, um, uh, you know, just eating those tuna tostadas. But this, to me, was <laughs> almost as fun, like 98% as fun. I love you, man. I don't know that I'm going to compare you and, and having fun with you to the ceviche that I was downing <laughs> in Mexico City. It's That, that food out there is lit. <laughs> that is, is a, so good. It's so good, <laughs> and it's a ceviche-rich town, man. It's like... Yes, they're just, everywhere. They're they're practically giving away ceviche there. It's my girlfriend doesn't even like raw fish, but we had ceviche like legit every meal, and she <laughs> loved it. Like it, the food there is, we're we're going back at some point. We're 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 putting something on a calendar at some point in the next year. But uh, there you go. It's I just been great and, being and on with you again. Don't be upset if I just randomly pop up while you're there. Be like, oh, I didn't, you know, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> I just asked her editor, uh, when did Herring say he was taking vacation? All right, cool, cool. <laughs> couples trip. <laughs> yeah, me and Rohan. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, that'll do it for today's episode. Thank you so much for everyone who's tuning in. I hope you guys were excited as I am to have Chris back on the show. Please keep your emails coming in openfloormail at gmail.com. And until the next episode, continue to enjoy the NBA offseason. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Spentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount+, Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply.